Welcome. Welcome. To- Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hey, welcome back to Baseball Mainly. Have a very exciting show today. I don't think I've been this nervous on any broadcast <laughs> since the first one. Yeah. Uh, Our 30-minute episode, which you can catch on nrmstreamcast.com. Yes. Uh, and please download the app. <laughs> Hey, with us today, as you may have just heard, is uh, Corey, our chief scout, Stewart. I'm going to find us better players, yeah. I hope. Well, uh, we, we couldn't have a better guest than we have today, and we're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, but with us also in the studio, Ethan, the Statman Perlman. i got to admit, my brain is a little fried today, uh, so I may be a little bit slow on these uh, numbers. <laughs> Uh, I think your brain is always a little fried. <laughs> I, I, I will not disagree with you there. I won't disagree there. Hey, we have a very special guest today. We have uh, somebody who really knows baseball, other than us three knuckleheads. <laughs> we have uh, uh, a former uh, big leaguer. I guess, as far as I'm concerned, you're always a big leaguer. Mm-hmm. Uh, played for the Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. They were in the playoffs in 84. They won the World Series in 85. He came over here to Detroit. They were in the playoffs in 87. I believe he was in another playoff, maybe in the National League. Was that with the Do you Giants? Want me to tell you? Yeah, well, with us today. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to. Uh, uh, I thought I was just going to answer questions, not create them. Yeah, well, you're, you're going to have to fill us in because uh, some of us, some of our memories are either a little short or we weren't alive then. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, with us today is Pat Sheridan, uh, one of I, a guy I was really excited about when he came over here from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, left-handed batter could hit that uh, short porch in right field. Patrolled the outfit, outfield and uh, really helped the Tigers in 87. Did. So, welcome, Pat. Good to have you today. I appreciate it. Thank you for asking me. Oh, when I found out you worked with my friend Bill, I said, Bill, I'll buy you lunch if you can set this up. <laughs> and Bill said, no, it's okay. You don't have to buy me lunch. You can buy me lunch. <laughs> Pat, Deal. Pat's, Pat's such a nice guy. He'd be happy to come on. And here you are. I'm, I'm thrilled here. to have you. Well, I appreciate it. Well, we're going we're gonna to do a couple little things before I get into drilling you on a whole bunch of big league questions. But uh, we first thing we usually do is talk about this day in baseball history. Before we do that, though, mm-hmm. we need to tell you about one of our sponsors. Century Mortgage Lending uh, has uh, graciously sponsored our show now for a few weeks. Uh, and it's a great time because rates are low. It's a good time to buy a house. It's a good time to get pre-approved for that before you go out looking. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful time to refinance if you already have a mortgage and you need to lower that rate. Rates are low. Yep. Uh, Century Mortgage Lending, they're at, uh, you can look them up on the website at centuryml.com. Or call them at 248-258-4977. As I mentioned before, they refinanced my house now twice in the last couple of years. And my rate, my payment keeps going down. I haven't increased my amortization. It's wonderful. And uh, I recommend them highly. Uh, their NMLS number is 134525. Give them a call, 248-258-4977. Please make sure to mention you heard about them on NRM Streamcast. Okay, this day in baseball history. Yeah, we got a, a good trio of different things. First, starting in 1845. We are going I way back. I remember it well. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it well, yeah. 
So the first known box score appears in the New York Morning News. Alexander Cartwright notation detailing the game comes out just a month after some of his fellow Knickerbockers write the first set of rules well, back in 1845. Have, it's good to have rules. I think they've changed a little over the years. Yes. Uh, but uh, what I've noticed with the kids, they're clueless about how to keep a box score. Yeah. And when I yeah, was I know. when I was young, when we went to games mm-hmm. or checkbook too. Yeah, that too. That's true. That too. They don't teach any. Well, that's because now on your phone you can do the whole box score just by selecting whatever the play was and it will write it in for you. Oh, see, that's kind of cool actually. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. The digital age. Ah. What else happened on this date in history? Uh 2002 Giants PA announcer Rennell Brooks Moon becomes the first woman to announce a championship game in any professional sport when she's behind the mic of Game 3 of the World Series. The Bay Area native sends the scorecard from the final or from the Fall Classic contest to the Baseball Hall of Fame. That was after you were there, I'm sure. She wasn't there when you were there, was she? Don't recall that. No? Okay. <laughs> and in 2011? 2011, uh, our good friend Scott Green probably remembers this very well. The Cardinals route the Rangers 16-7 to behind Albert Pujols' three-home run game when he drives in six runs and collects five total hits. All these equal World Series game records as Pujols will also set a World Series mark with 14 total bases and becomes only the third player to hit three home runs in a World Series game, joining Babe Ruth and Reggie Jackson. Wow. And uh, why don't we watch these home runs? I'd like to. Yeah, that makes sense. That is hammered into left. Oh, my God. That ball is absolutely murdered. Crushed by Pujols. And that makes it 11-6 here in the sixth. His third hit of the night, his first home run of this World Series. And this thing was blasted. This is how you turn around. Heard about it. The Cardinal fans know him. Here's one into left center field. Back at the track, he's got another. And more respect. As he's hit a three-run shot, now a two-run shot, and the Cardinals lead it 14 to six in the seventh. Four for his last four at bats. Five RBIs, three runs scored. through the first two games is heating up. The base hit, did the same in the fifth, a three-run rally, and then hit a three-run home run in the sixth, and a two-run shot in the seventh. The Rangers fan is thinking I had to watch Pujols have four hits, two home runs, and he hits me, and here goes one in the left. How about three on the night in a row? A three-run shot, a two-run home run, and now a solo blast. And Albert Pujols has tied Reggie Jackson with three home runs against the Rangers in game three. Well, 
Those were not, uh, <laughs> those were like no doubters no right there. No doubters. Good gravy. There's a reason why they call him the machine and still is called the machine. Yeah, pretty pretty special. Mm-hmm. Special guy. Mm-hmm. Still playing. Yeah. 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 Well, according they never to said th- that about my home runs. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the fact that you hit home, home runs, runs is amazing. I, just, mm-hmm. I hit a few of them, but not too many. They, I was getting worried he was going to hit more home runs in my that I did in my career, and that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, he definitely, obviously, the, he had a great career with the Cardinals, but he's still doing pretty well. But I think, as good organizations do, they let people go when it's time for them to yeah. go. And it was probably perfect timing when he left there for them to maximize probably the most out of him. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those hard things that general managers have to do with fan favorite all hall of fame people you know mm-hmm. players it's just to get rid of them at the time where there's still some worth or tradability to them because contracts usually end up hurting at, at the end of your career yeah, especially these days the mm-hmm. contracts are so big and for a premier player like him they tend to be really long and uh you know we're seeing that here with cabrera yep uh you know it, it, he's kind of in a situation where we first of all i'm sure he has a no trade clause mm-hmm. but secondly um you know, he's probably here a little longer than he should have been. Sure. Definitely. And I think, obviously, when everybody gets older, the better the player you are, the longer you can still produce. But I think to make it easier on the organization and on the players, they should probably put the bigger chunk of the money in the beginning portions of these contracts. Because if you sign an 8 to 10-year contract, it's inevitable. You're not going to be very good by the time it happens. Right. And if you're not making very much money, somebody still might want you based mm-hmm. on if they're they're getting into a There's playoff mode no, or something. Yeah. Boy, that makes perfect sense. It, it really does. does. And, and, the, so, and some teams are doing that because they're also giving the option to the player later in the contract so they're paying them the good the majority of the money up front mm-hmm. so that you know two three years down the road in a six-year contract right you got the option to leave half the money on the table go somewhere else or sure. you keep those you know you come back for that next year but then those next three years it's less money sure. so you are able to either dispose of the player right or find someone that wants to take them on. Sure, because you got to eat the contract. When mm-hmm. you trade a guy that's making so much money, you have to take on some of the responsibility of his salary. You and do. you're still paying for something that you don't have anymore. So I, why not just do it in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that then, makes sense. I mean, in my day, I always signed one-year contracts because nobody really took much of a chance that I was going to be around the next year. But mm-hmm. these guys that they're making so much money, they're going to get paid. I know the owners are frugal with a lot of financial things and they want to keep the money in their pockets until they actually have to but in the long run i think it ends up making everybody feel bad the player the organization the fans can turn on you when you're a great player and then you go sour for your last three years they're they're sick of watching that Mm -hmm. and i don't know why more people don't factor into um pay for how you play yeah you know? exactly yeah. no I, I totally agree with you pat i mean it's it's kind of in detroit i feel like during that era of 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 getting the verlanders and the cabreras and the martinez's and all and the scherzers it, it kind of it it was a curious situation because there was a lot of love there there was a lot of love from mr illage and then there was also that we are so close to winning a world series right now back-to-back yep. years winning the al central back-to-back years and then it's just like 
did we do the right thing or didn't we? It's it's it, it was such a hard situation. I think oh, during no. that time. We'll know again in a few years. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, time did you does have, expose that. Did you have another? I, I did. It was actually something that I, I found earlier this it's morning. It's not on my rundown. It isn't because it's actually a trivia question. Uh oh. Oh. This day in 1985, what happened? Well, the Tigers didn't make the World Series. No, <laughs> they no. didn't make the playoffs. Oh, maybe uh, Mr. Sheridan was in the World Series. He was, and Brett Saberhagen got Game One's win in the uh, Royals' hunt to that World Series championship. Well, let's let's ask some questions about that. Uh, tell us about Brett Saberhagen. Would you have liked to bat it against him? I did bat against him when I came over to Detroit. Oh, that's right. And uh, he hung me a curveball, and I think he did that on purpose, and I ended up hitting a home run off him. Nice. Fantastic. <laughs> great, great pitcher, though. Yeah. I uh, saw him when he first came to – you have to get that picture off there. That's, oh, that's a great <laughs> shot. <laughs> I re- that's the way I remember you. Yep. You I, saw, I saw Sabes uh, the first time he came to Instructional League. I was trying to learn how to hit the ball opposite way a little better because I pulled mm-hmm. everything. And here comes this little tall, skinny kid that doesn't look like he could even throw the ball. And he's got a funny hat on. And I don't think he gave up an earn run the whole entire like Instructional League. He just was wow. that good. And they rushed him up, and he obviously was obviously kind of the face with George Brett of the, the Royals during that era. Did you get along with George? No, I didn't at all. He was too good. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys like that don't talk to you? No, he didn't talk to me at all. You know, I talked to Darrell Evans about his first day with the uh, with the Braves. And he said he just kept his head down and didn't say anything. And he said, Eddie Matthews and Hank Aaron and you know, all these guys. And he just, you know, was scared to death. Was it was that the way it was coming into a big league locker room the first day? Uh, it's a little nerve wracking. I think the first time you go and, and play, mine was in spring training. I was actually in the minor league spring training camp, mm-hmm. and they had a doubleheader against the White Sox, and they asked me to come up and and play in both games, and I did, and I ended up going seven for seven, which is unbelievable that they sent me back down. Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they sent me back down to the minor league camp. I'm what like, could you have what? done any better? I, I'm like, what? How easy is it up here? Did you make a, did you make a few errors? Or I what? didn't do anything wrong. Nothing. I played great, and obviously it was probably a little lucky that I had uh, done that what that well that day. But it was. Um, it was a lot of fun, and going back to George Brett, George Brett, everybody loves him. I was fortunate that the first time I got called up to the big leagues, George uh, took me under his arm a little bit and invited me to stay with him for a few few days to find an apartment. So after a couple months, I decided maybe I should start looking. <laughs> yeah. he, he was one of the most generous guys, but when you talk about a Hall of Famer, he was the kind of guy that you see some Hall of Fame guys that people don't like so much. But everybody loves George Brett. Everybody on both sides of the the chalk. They just thought he was one of those kind of guys that he was fun loving. If we'd go on, a, uh, we went on golf trips after the season was over a long time. Like 16, 17, 18 of us would go this for five days, and wherever we went, is George with you? It wasn't about his saves here or Gooby or Buddy Black or Quisenberry or mm-hmm. Pat Sheridan. I can't believe they weren't asking about me, but. Everybody always wanted George to come to wherever we were staying, and he always came. But there was one time he kind of stuck up for us because we were in uh, Las Vegas, and uh, I don't know if it's—I can't remember the name of the the golf course at, at the Win or something. And 
the guy only let four guys play a day. And we all wanted to go. And we're world champions. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, George can come, but nobody else can. Wow. And George's like, forget that. I'm not going there. Yeah. Which, I th- that's the type of guy How he cool. was. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, I got uh, mistaken for him one night. I thought I was, he, he came, he, we were out to dinner. And obviously some people were saying George Brett was in there. And he left to go to the bathroom. Somebody came over and asked for my autograph and they say George can I have your autograph <laughs> that's the closest I've ever been to being here <laughs> I heard a story similar to that uh, I, I want to say it was uh, Dave Rosema and a couple other Tigers I don't know who it was and uh, and, it, and uh, somebody they were at this place called a Red Barn in Lakeland a place a steak place they used to go and eat and I think it's burned down since then <laughs> And uh, some gal comes over and said, uh, "said uh, Mr. Horton, can I have your autograph to Dave Rosma? They thought he was Willie Horton. They didn't, oh, yeah. She obviously wasn't a big baseball player. <laughs> yeah. At least I was in the right shade. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Dave probably signed Willie Horton. I could just yeah. see it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, World Series going on. Who you like? I like Houston. Yeah, I, uh, I just, I think. Washington is playing well, and they are fortunate to be where they're at. I mean, they have obviously done well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I just feel that Houston, with the background they have, the experience, their pitching staff, and it's going to be kind of cool if uh, Scherzer and, and Verlander pitch again in game one. That would be really well, cool. I, 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 think it's, uh, I think it's uh, Scherzer and Cole. Oh, it is? Yeah. yeah, they're going yeah. with Cole for then, that, uh, which I kind of i am I'm disappointed too, Pat. I'm kind of... I wanted to see that kind of battle just between those two. That'd be great. Gosh, I mean, and then whoever makes the first mistake, it's kind of like you can put almost put money on it. It's yeah. like, yeah. Before we jump into that discussion, though, I want to go back and I want to review how the Astros made it to the World Series. We okay. got a clip of it. Oh, let's well, throw it on up. There's hope for all of us the size of this guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a look. a guy who's a pretty decent pitcher. Yeah. 84 mm-hmm. on the outside, though. Slider, I mean, just left it a little bit over the plate. Now, here's, here's a guy who's, well, how tall is Altuve? 5'6"? No, so they, we checked this out, actually. So they list him at 5'6". He's 5'6 in cleats. He's 5'5". Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember guys who, when we would go through the roster uh-huh. and they would put in their height, they would add an inch or two because they were an inch or two taller in those cleats. Uh-huh. He's 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. He ain't 5'6". Yeah, it. Well, it's uh, funny that we saw... Pujols, who is just this kind of tower, mm-hmm. crush those three home runs. But then you look at somebody <laughs> like Altuve, who basically almost did the same thing. I mean, just with minus two home runs, and but crushed it. It's not just strength; it's it's all the everything working together, the the, the, the torque, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the getting the the hips through. The, yep, it's just, and he's got a beautiful swing. Yeah, he does well, and the. Compact. And the bigger thing I think about is where that ball was in comparison to his height, if that player's, you know, 5'11", 
I don't know that that's a home run no. because that's a much different swing and a much different mm-hmm. piece of contact. True. The fact that that ball is in his upper zone mm-hmm. and he's already kind of swinging up to it, it just makes you think, um, Chapman, why didn't you throw the ball a little bit lower <laughs> for the breaking ball instead of up perfectly where he can just rise right. it? Yeah, he was he was fishing for that outside, yeah. but I don't know. He definitely gives everybody that it doesn't have the stature of a lot of professional mm-hmm. athletes hope because look at him. He's one of the best players in the game. True. And yeah. everybody always gets labeled when they're small mm-hmm. in high school or college that they're not big enough, they're not strong enough. His will to play and be as good as he is. Exactly. Is he, the poster child for any person that doesn't think they can make it. It's mentally you got to mm-hmm. have that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there was a pretty good catcher for the Yankees who wasn't very tall way back when. Mr. Barra? guy named Yogi yeah. Berra. I don't think he was, you know, more than 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, no, eight. yeah, he died, man. Well, and he wasn't the prototypical, you know, body type of a catcher, either. He wasn't the most athletic-looking no. no, sure. guy. Yeah, I still, I just love that video where... Uh, uh, Jackie Robinson slides in home, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, uh, Yogi's sure he got him out, and the umpire calls him safe, and Yogi's jumping up and down. And, <laughs> and that's baseball. Yeah, it is. Well, how tall are you, Pat? 6'3". Six, 6'3". Three. Six, three. So you, so six, you had the size. Six, yeah. Six, three. <laughs> Actually, almost 6'4 with cleats on. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's great. Uh, and... Uh, you probably weighed a little more when you played. I actually weighed a lot less. Really? Because of the strenuous, without eating good and traveling all, I was 175. Wow. And wow. I did get up to about 210 at one time, and then mm-hmm. I fell back down because it's just a long season. It's mm-hmm. hot. It's grinding. You're traveling all the time. You don't eat well. So I've always been pretty thin. Um, probably my highest weight was maybe 215 at one time. And I tried to get stronger and bigger. Sure. I should have went with the stero- steroids. Yeah. <laughs> no. That would have worked better because all the lazy fly balls that I get, I could still would, be playing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Well, you might not be here with us today, though. Right. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't care. <laughs> you would have had a lot more home runs, yeah. But because the guys that, honestly, that have done steroids, mm-hmm. they've generated a contract that they would have never gotten. Sure. So even if they get penalized, like some of them have for a year, mm-hmm. they still got the other four or five years of it that they make so much, so much money when you hit a lot of home runs. Right. And I remember Brady Anderson, I believe he had no home runs, and all of a sudden he hit fifty. Yeah, you know how do you do that? Yeah. It's just yeah. not possible. Well, you had a big guy on your team uh, named Balboni. Oh yeah. What do you think? When I played. There was no word of anybody in our team oh, good. as far as doing that. That now, dude was just big. Now, we had the cocaine stuff going on, sure. which um, some people got in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. And I know the Conseco, McGuire, they were coming up when I was probably getting at the end of my career. Mm-hmm. And I saw them transform into guys that were monsters. Yeah, Nobody really thought they were doing it at that time. No. But when it all started bringing in... You know, it's to light to the drug portion of it in the mm-hmm. hiding. I still, there's probably still guys that are, are so good at hiding things that sure. nobody ever knows if they do or not. Well, A-Rod kind of did that, too. He yep. had that very well. I mean, he, he from going from Texas and then going to, you know, the Yankees and everything, you saw a gradual build of how he got. And then swing didn't really change too much, but he, you could physically tell, I mean, a little yeah. bit. I mean, it, and that's an interesting point that you put up, because for us as fans and for us as as, as 
who we, we can say, you know, the steroid era, there was this, all this. But from an actual player standpoint, it's very interesting to hear your side of it, of saying that, you know, yeah, people were doing it, but, yeah, you know. It's, I, I think the... The benefit is you recover faster. Mm -hmm. You're obviously stronger. Mm -hmm. You still have to have the talent. That's what you people do. forget about that. Is yeah. These guys still have the unbelievable talent that mm -hmm. they have. They just are maximizing it through something that they shouldn't sure. be using. Exactly. Okay, I have some questions for you. I, I uh, uh, First of all, I want to ask, um, what was it like playing in the postseason as opposed to the regular season? You know, that's what you play for. You, you play the whole season to get to a level where everybody in the world is going to be watching you. So are you nervous, more nervous? Or? I think before the dead time, you get a little nervous. Um, you don't really get nervous while you're playing. I, I think there's excitement levels and you you get pumped up, but the dead time is when you got too much time to think. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to sleep sometimes. Uh, the whole day before you get to the ballpark, you just you want to get to the ballpark as soon as you can. It's baseball that you've played now, if it was your first game you ever played and it was in the World Series, you might be pretty nervous. But sure. there is mm -hmm. some anxiousness sure. because you don't want to be the the Buckner that went the the ball went through the legs and then you right. get crucified for the rest oh, of your man. life about that, even mm -hmm. though you were a great player. Exactly. So there is that little. And he bit. was a great player. Yeah. He was, and a great person too. Mm -hmm. Which to me, you know, society can be hard on you when can you be. make a big mistake because be. everybody gets behind their team when they're in the World Series and there's been some players they've killed themselves when yeah when they have done well you know bad and then it's a game you well, got to look at it as a game too and the, but the lights are on you I mean they're all on you as they to are. give you to give you that perspective it's the lights are on you and that's a those are you kind of have to have that the, yeah. uh, that will I mean that kind of like that focus and everything and it, it makes you focus more oh yeah totally you know did you have any routines during the postseason like you're during even the regular season of just preparing for a game or uh, sounds like you played a lot of golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how it was going was my routine. Sure. <laughs> if I did well, I did the same thing every night. Yeah. If I was doing bad, I tried to figure out right. what I could do differently. Like, I remember one night, George Brett, we were in Chicago. And Chicago's a fun town. You go out oh, there yeah. and you, you can stay out as long as you want. But mm -hmm. if you got an afternoon game the next day, you should probably get to bed early. Get to bed. George Brett never... He never rode the team bus to the to the ballpark ever. He always was at the ballpark before everybody else. Wow. He rode the the bus to the ballpark one day, and Floyd Bannister was uh, pitching. George's eyes were bloodshot. He looked tired. He roped three shots, and he after the game he goes, "I'm doing that again. That works." <laughs> <laughs> and so you just don't really know what works. Right. Exactly. You know? But in his case, anything would anything you know, would work. Yeah. He could yeah, do whatever yeah. he, he could, wants. He could not slept for six weeks yeah. and then still right. <laughs> okay. Some. Rapid fire questions here. Favorite baseball movie? Favorite baseball? Uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah, that's 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 got to be one. Mm -hmm. that's, that's great. Uh, hot dog. What do you put on it? That's I put mustard. Yeah, you're in. You can come back anytime. <laughs> anytime you want. You want. <laughs> the toughest pitcher you ever faced? There's two of them. Mike Witt and Bobby Witt. They both had the same last names, not related, but I was four for 54 against those two guys, and I only know that because every time we played them, somebody told me how bad it was. <laughs> uh, best manager you ever played for? Dick Hauser. Yeah, and that was with the Royals. That was mm -hmm. with the Royals. Um, now there's going to be a lot of people not happy that I didn't say Sparky. Sparky yeah. was a wonderful manager. Yeah, sure. He was a great people person. I'm just delaying so that I can see what other questions you're going to ask me there. But, uh, yeah. Dick Hauser was, yeah. was the little general. That's awesome. 
best position for you in the outfield? Center field. Because you had good wheels. I saw that you uh, pinch ran uh, several times in your career. Yeah, I like I like to see the ball going into the plate. You know where the catcher's setting up. I think you get a better jump on the ball, and I could run, so it was easier to play center field for yeah. me. You played some right field here in Detroit, right? A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you had a, must have a good arm because you don't put a, you don't put a bad arm in right field. I I thought I had good speed, good arm, and could catch the ball. I just wish I could have hit a little higher average and a little more home runs. Hey, uh, you know, at the level that Bill and I play. We feel the same way, you know. It's it's a matter of you. You played at the very highest level. You hit home runs. You played on a World Series team. You played in the playoffs several times. Uh, I don't think there should be any regrets, man. You know what? We always regret some things when we look back. Mm-hmm. You sure. know, like there was times where maybe we could have done something different or maybe prepared a little better that you don't really realize or understand until you out of the game yeah you know there was a lot of times august comes it's hot as heck out and you're kind of complaining and wish the season would hurry up and get to the postseason <laughs> but instead of enjoying the journey all the time which hardly any of us can really enjoy everything all the time it goes by so fast and now i've been removed from the game for so long it feels like i didn't even play yeah you know it's it's amazing even though i love baseball and i i love this time of year is probably the the most fun, if, at least for me. I it was a bad year to watch the Tigers play. I mean, that, yeah. unfortunately, the rebuild is painful for everybody, the organization, mm-hmm. fans, and all that. But you know, you shouldn't shouldn't take anything for granted. That's right for sure. Right. But you didn't play a lot of center field in for the Royals, right? Wasn't Willie Wilson out there? Willie Wilson was unbelievable, but he did get suspended for the, oh, the yeah. cocaine thing, which I got a chance to play every day in center field and. Not to toot my own horn, but I was hitting 330 or 3 something, 323 at the All Star break, playing every day. Willie comes back. I went right back to platooning with Daryl Motley and playing right field. <laughs> so it was a, it was one of those things which I think helped good teams is sure. that if somebody can step in and play, mm-hmm. I could never play probably at that level for a whole year. But for a couple months, I just was in the zone and it, and it worked out. Felt good. Okay, you're putting a team together Frank White or Lou Whitaker? Oh, there's they're different players because yeah. Lou played on natural grass all the time and he boy that you put me on a spot there. that's okay <laughs> I, I don't want you to, I don't want you to hurt any friendships no, I, I I'm, I'm gonna go with Frank White okay well I, I I liked both those guys a lot you know when when you've when you see the range those guys have how good their arm is and how they it's every day consistently mm-hmm. Uh, the thing you, with those guys is that every ball that's hit their way, even if it's a hard, they make the play. They make it look easy. Yeah. Now you don't know if some of the players are going to make the play, even when they're routine. Tram and and, uh, and um, Whitaker, they both were unbelievable. Every play, and I got to see them for four years, which is a, a true joy for me. Um, but there wasn't any silly mistakes. They made all the good ones. Yeah. So how did... In, in 87, how did the team feel about the trade for Doyle Alexander and getting rid of Smoltz? During the interim of it happening, it was great because he went 11-0, I believe it was. And he was unbelievable. He got us to the playoffs. The unfortunate thing is you traded a franchise player away for the chance to get into the World Series, mm-hmm. and we didn't get there. Yeah. So no matter what he did, 
obviously he was a great pitcher. He was great when he was with the Blue Jays and all the teams that he had played with, he was he was a master of pitching. But we came up short. And if you come up short, you rolled the dice and it, it probably, if anybody could say, could they do it over again, they'd probably say we'd still do it because of what he did with our chance because we all want a chance to get to the World Series. Well, he, uh, he, he really rode him. I mean, a guy could pitch. He could. Well, we have somebody on the phone who isn't going to like that you're here today. We have a guy named <laughs> Scott Green. Scotty, are you there? I'm here. We have uh, Pat Sheridan here with us, uh, played for the 1985 Royals. Uh, something happened with your Cardinals that year. I can't remember exactly what it was. <laughs> but... yeah, I'll tell you what it was. Whitey Herzog overmanaged. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott. Let me uh... tell you something, and I'll, I'll, I'll go to my grave. Hi, Pat. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'll go to my grave. If you. Remember, I think the last out in the bottom of the eighth inning in game six was George Brett waving at a Ken Daly slider. And I'm, I'm, going, to the, I'm going to the refrigerator, I'm getting the champagne, and I come back out, and you know the inning uh, gets to the ninth, and it's Todd Worrell, who I liked. <laughs> but uh, a bunch of left-handed hitters came up that inning, and I actually told Ken Daly, I said, if we ever stayed in in game six, we'd be world champions. He goes, don't tell me. I, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So uh, forget the Don Denkinger call and Jack Clark missing a pop-up and a cross-up behind home plate and Daryl Porter not blocking the plate. Ken Daly should have closed out that game and the St. Louis Cardinals are world champions in 1985. I'll go to my grave thinking that. <laughs> There's uh, Scott, uh, uh, I, I, think you're a, I think you're a Cardinal fan. I, I just I think I he's a lifelong Pat. Yeah, and, lifelong. So I have uh, to remind yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not happy this week. Um, certainly, we didn't show up last week at all. And uh, I think what killed the Cardinals last week was they got one hit by their by uh, Washington's number four starter. About Sanchez. I think after that happens, you're sort of psyched out for the rest of the way, and they just didn't do anything. They looked horrible. Yeah. Just horrible. And I was in Atlanta, as you know, for that 10-run game, and I'm thinking, hey, maybe this is the year the Cardinals are the hot team, but boy, did they get cooled off. That all being said, I still like the Astros in six games. Yep. Yeah, Scott, well, you had mentioned Jack Clark in there, that he didn't catch that pop-up. He might have still been world champs if he would have caught that. Yeah, I think that was a big play, and I think also uh, if you take a look at uh, you take a look at it again. Porter got crossed up on a pass ball, which really hurt. And he went out, and you can see what he said. He said, I put down two. And he got crossed up thinking he was getting a breaking ball for Morrell, and he got a fast ball that went to the outside, and that got past him. It was uh, a myriad of things, but I, I'm, I'm just uh, – I loved Ken Daly. I thought he was fabulous, a fabulous pitcher, and I, I loved Morrell too, but – you know, order came up in that inning, and uh, uh, they had other left-handed batters. It was just, it was, and Dane Orge won the game, former Cardinal. And, uh, That's right. Yeah, so I, you needed a lefty there, and I just, I can remember George Brett swinging, waving at a breaking ball to end the eighth inning, and I'm going, oh, this is just going to happen now. For a team that only hit 189 in the World Series or something. I mean, they, they played horrible in that World Series and didn't deserve to win, in all honesty. But, you know, sometimes it just works out that way. You, you just think it up, but you still win. But, hmm. oh, well, you know, it's, it's, I 
I almost jumped off the Ponquag Bridge and hung myself the next day. Especially after Joaquin Andujar blew a gasket, and I could, I remember that happening. And he's going crazy, and it's like, oh my god, I got the phone ring, and people are just having a good time at my expense. Hmm. And I can remember just thinking, what the old man, what August A. Bush, who was probably watching this back at home on television, is just saying to himself, and. Uh, I said, walking in, Hart will never pitch for the Cardinals again. And he didn't. He got traded to Oakland that year, that winter. Um, yeah, it was a tough time for Cardinal fans. You, and, should, uh, you should have seen him rushing Royal the fans, champagne. Uh, Royal fans deserve it. Coincidentally, a little piece of history. I played baseball with, uh, they're from the West Palm Beach area with the Hauser family. Hmm. And I played baseball with uh, Dick Hauser's uh, son or brother. I, might, I don't know, Larry Hauser, I believe his name was. You know, briefly, just one one year, but uh, well, that's Pat's great manager. That's yeah. Pat's favorite manager. We just talked about that. Uh, Pat just said that uh, you should have seen them rushing the champagne out of the locker room. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the champagne. <laughs> yeah, I think it was over in the Cardinal side, probably, and it they had was, pulled over. They had all their lockers uh, taped up and. Yeah. They were well, ready sh- for a celebration. You should see Pat is uh, holding up his World Series ring as we speak. Oh, he oh, has it on. I was kidding. He does. He has it on. Oh, that's great. Oh, and it's big, Scott. Well, congratulations. I mean, it's, uh, you know, thanks for calling me up, really. We're having a nice day. I think. Hey, uh, Scott, we're really happy you joined us. Uh, what's going on at Play at the Plate? Well, Play at the Plate finished up uh, their 2019 schedule just a week or two ago. We played, I don't know, Pat, have you ever heard of or played at Rick Woodfield in Birmingham, Alabama? It's our nation's oldest field and at one time uh, I know it was the AAA home of lots of teams but the last one was the Oakland A's. Reggie Jackson had played there. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. So we're actually uh, uh, in Birmingham, Alabama and we're just taking it easy now. Actually I'm heading into New York City tonight for a I'm not going to watch the first game of the World Series unbelievably Hmm. but uh, I have New York Rangers season tickets so I'm going into a hockey game with some friends tonight. But we're going to relax now for a little while and get ready for the 2020 season, starting in Palm Beach and Durham. Uh, the dates for Durham are going to be the 14th to the 17th, by the way, uh, Jess, of May. That Ooh. will be announced and sent That's out. a great then, city, uh, uh, Scott. It's a, uh, it's just a, really had a good Durham's time there. fabulous. And a great, great ballpark with a lot of history there, uh, the movie being made there, and, uh, boy, that field is gorgeous. Yeah, well, they spent $3 million on the field, and when you hit a ball into the gap, it's going to the wall. That's, I love that's it. For sure. It's a beautiful, beautiful field. And, oh, I'd rather, uh, I'd, rather so play here. I'd rather play here at Hazel Park, where the ball takes uh, goes 45 degrees in any direction every time it hits the ground. And, and the grass is high enough that uh, a ball in the gap uh, is uh, a doubtful single. Anyway, uh, uh, who do you like tonight? You like uh, the Astros? You like Cole? Uh, I like the Astros. Yeah, I think the Astros will win tonight. I think uh, I think their pitching matches up pretty good with the Nationals. I think they have a little better bullpen than the Nationals, which I don't think either one of them is going to be too exposed. Uh, I think this could go down as the lowest scoring World Series in history. I would, that, that would not surprise me. But the Astros just have something about them that is, uh, you know, it's uh, karma or just good vibes i mean they're they're a solid team they really are and i i see them winning in six games okay hey we're going to run your spot now i want to really thank you for joining us scott uh love having you on and uh 
I'm going to try and get to one of your great uh, tournaments that's coming up here. I love the Palm Beach one in April. I just, it's just, to me, it's a great facility. The fields are awesome. The competition is great. And that's, uh, that's coming up April what? Like April? That's April 2nd through 5th. And then we have uh, Durham the month after that, which will be May 14th to 17th. Then we may have a little surprise for everybody. I'm working on something uh, for a major league park venue probably in June or July, and then hopefully back to Texas, Cooperstown again in September, and then uh, again to Rickwood. I was going to take Rickwood off the, the menu for next year, but I just love it down there so much. I love Alabama. I love Birmingham. It's a great city. And uh, the, the field needs our support. It, cool. it stays open for, for groups like me and a couple other uh, big events they have, but they need the support, so I'm going to continue to do it. Uh, and we had a great tournament. We had uh, uh, a real good time. So maybe we can get Pat down there, too. Pat, come out and swing a bat with us, buddy. You really want to see that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scotty, we're going to yeah, let yeah, you don't go. Like, don't, leave your, yeah, don't leave your ring laying around anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll catch you later, Scott. Hope to see you next week. And uh, be well. We're going to run your, your spot right now. Thank you very much, Jess. See you. Would you like to play some baseball? Do you still dream of playing on a major league field, experiencing the magic of places like Field of Dreams? For 15 years, Play at the Plate has been making dreams come true. Play at the Plate offers you the chance to play ball. Join us for a lifetime experience. Go to playattheplate.org or call Scott Green at 631-255-4475. That's 631-255-4475. Uh, playattheplate.org. Check it out. You know, if you if you've you, know, you might be a softball player and you just want to see if you can still play baseball, you'd have a riot. And you meet some great people, play on incredible fields, uh, in uh, major league type places. Even plays uh, there in Iowa at the Field of Dreams. Uh, there's something for everybody. Father son stuff. You'd just have a great time. Uh, Okay, I got a bunch more questions. <laughs> man, I got to know, man. I'm like in heaven talking to a big league ball player, mm -hmm. a guy who who. You thought Gibby was coming today? <laughs> you know, uh, I think I'd rather talk to you. Mm -hmm. You would have a different perspective. I, th I think the world of Bert, uh, Kirk Gibson, by the way, and not. And I've said before, if I was in a game, games on the line, I'm going to put somebody up to bat. In a crucial situation, a guy I know who's got like ice water in his veins. Mm -hmm. I think that's Gibson. I, I, agree. I think he's just tenacious. Uh, uh, isn't going to care who's pitching. Nope. He may strike out, but you know he, he's not. And he's not worried about no, it. No, right? he, there's barely any anxiety when it comes to Gibby. So, and I, I appreciate that. There yeah. are certain guys in sports. That you feel that way about. You do a little bit. You do. And uh, he was one of them. And maybe Reggie Jackson was one of them. Mm -hmm. You just felt, you know, these guys both kind of had attitudes. Mm -hmm. Didn't have the greatest persona to the public. Sure. But man, you know, I'm pitching. I'm thinking Reggie Jackson, Kirk Gibson, mm. uh, George Brett, Albert Pujols, all these guys in their prime. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's it's I'm throwing outside. And now, <laughs> and now, Jose Altuve. Altuve. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm throwing above him. <laughs> okay, I, I think Gibby's dramatic 
on all of his. I mean, his have come in moments where he almost felt like he was going to do it, too. Yeah. The one in, in L.A., that just was such a... a Iconic. I, I, I love watching that. Mm-hmm. It, it's just one of those things where it's never going to probably happen again. And the flair for the dramatic was there. Mm-hmm. It's in Tinseltown. You know, oh, everybody's yeah. just... And that singly was probably the thing that won the World Series for him. It was. Well, you he hit it off a, uh, mm-hmm. now a Hall of Fame pitcher. Uh, what about what about Quisenberry that pitched for you, closer? Yeah, he was he, just lights out, wasn't he? He was. He, um, submarine. Everybody hit ground balls off him. Our games were really close. We were built more on speed and defense. Our pitching was awesome, so we keep the games one, two, three to one. Mm-hmm. We had to. We didn't score a lot of runs. We weren't a team that had a lot of run product, run producers, and. Um, Quisenberry come in every time, two to one, three to two, and shut the door. Shut and the door. Just ground ball here, ground ball there. Hardly ever got a fly ball from him. He just always kept the ball on the ground and it was right at somebody. So Quiz, unfortunately, um, there's a number of people that have had brain cancer in mm-hmm. the Kansas City area. Dick Hauser, Quisenberry is one of them. George's brother, I believe, ended up with uh, brain cancer oh, too. Wow. So you wonder... It just goes through your mind. Where, These, where is this coming from? Yeah, is there something in the water, water there? Yeah, water? Is it I don't know. Corn? That's I mean, kind of scary. It is. It really is. I mean, that's dead. Yeah, I mean, that's not a. It's a weird correlation, and it's not. Yeah. It's not normal to no. kind of really look at it. But then Especially again, you know, at young ages. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Quiz was. He. Well, I don't believe he was fifty. Yeah. You know, he was probably in his forties. Yeah, he was very young. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. What a great man too. Just a super person. Yeah, who is who were you closest to on the Royals? Uh, closest to probably Buddy Black. He was a left-handed pitcher. Good pitcher. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's now the the, uh, the manager for the Colorado Rockies. And my daughter's going to nursing school in Colorado, so wow. he leaves her tickets and uh, she's living like a movie star there. I love it. That's <laughs> she, awesome. She, her apartment's right next to Coors Field, and she uh, she went to opening day last year and. I guess uh, Buddy's wife ended up coming up in the suite, and Mm -hmm. my daughter and one of her friends were in the suite, the presidential suite, eating food and having a puff of drinks, and Buddy Black's wife, Nan, came up and said, girls, are you guys lost? Are you in this suite? Why are you here? And my daughter, Madison, she said, uh, well, my dad played with Buddy Black, and she goes, well, who's who's your dad? And then she said, and then it, it was okay. But she was she was kind of living like a rock star, I think. I love yeah, it. That's yeah. good. It was really cool because she was so happy. And then Buddy texted me, uh, I heard your daughter got lost up in the, the president's. <laughs> but she didn't go up there by herself. No, right. Actually, the young boy at the, uh, the Goodwill, he brought these two girls up there, probably mm-hmm. with some intent of impressing them. Sure. And it, here, he almost gets my daughter in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's good. She, she could play the, you know, the dad card. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you learn to speak any Spanish? Did you have to? Uh, I did not have to. Didn't play with a lot of Latino players? No, it wasn't as prevalent, you know, when I played. And you, they most of them spoke English. Did mm-hmm. you ever play in any of the Latin leagues, like in the off season? I did not. Okay. I went to Instructional League one year, um, and that was it. And where was Instructional League then? In Sarasota, Florida. Oh, that's nice. That's where yeah, the wow. Royals, uh, their minor league spring, they used to have a, uh, an academy there where they teach ba- baseball in school and everything. That's where our spring training was. So that's where the, it was called Instructional League is what it was. I never went to winter ball other than um, in between colleges I played summer ball. So. Wow. Uh, 
When you were in San Francisco, did you play with Dwayne Kuyper by chance? Uh, no. Because I just thought I'd mention, he only hit one home run. Oh. <laughs> For his career? For his career. Oh. And so there's a T-shirt out there. It's the Dwayne Kuyper Memorial Home Run T-shirt. Oh, okay. I didn't know uh, that. However, Dave Bergman did mention at one point, he said it was he liked playing first base with Kuyper because Kuyper was always talking to him about positioning hmm. and where Kuyper would be so Bergman knew how far he could go. And I just thought that was pretty cool. How many guys did you throw out at third base from right field? Uh, depends on how many went. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, was Gaetti pretty tough in that '87 series? Do you remember him? Oh yeah. Um, their whole team was. We actually they were kind of a speed. We built beat team up too. on them during the season, and just happened they caught our number during the the playoffs. But you know, Kirby Puckett was a pretty good player too. Oh my goodness! You know, yeah. and he was the face of their organization. But their pitching was good. Um, Playing in the dome was very difficult. The yeah. noise and seeing the ball—they just it fell into. At least we got beat by the world champions. Yeah, yeah they did win that, that year, didn't they? They did. Uh, Willie Hernandez, what do you think? I think he slept a lot. Oh, he, did he? <laughs> he? He didn't see any ball games. He only saw the when it got to be about the seventh inning. They just called him and said, yeah, "Okay, he got up. Get yeah. your pajamas off. Get your uniform on." Wow. Because he, I love it. He never watched the game. Which, when you come out and your lights out and you're an MVP, Cy Young winner, I guess you can do that. But was Lopez still around then? Was he still on that team? He was not there when I came over. Yeah, I he, think, yeah. he was there when I was with uh, the Royals. So, and Lemon mainly played center field at that time. He did. I, I shared a little bit with him, but most of the time he he played center. I played right field, and I, um, Larry Herndon, and I platooned. So we sh- kind of shared that position. And then, um, you know, I I was always the guy that played against the right-handers wherever I was at, and then whoever was. A right-handed hitter, they played against the left-handers. Daryl mm-hmm. Motley was with the Royals. Uh, Candy Maldonado, he, he was with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was with the, the Yankees, I really didn't play a lot. I was just kind of a fourth outfielder, mm-hmm. and that was the last year I played, and that's why I I ended up retiring. Just It was a very difficult year, even though you're in the big leagues. Yeah. It's just hard to watch 100 games. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, I bet. You're getting paid a lot, but not like they do now. I mean, oh yeah, there was, there was guys making a million dollars, but not like, Ten million dollars when right. I was playing, and my career—I was making the most money at the end of my career in the most miserable. So yeah. I just—I just wanted to play, and when I couldn't play anymore, I should have stuck around probably because a couple of years after that, they had a couple of new teams come into the league, and I may have gotten a couple more years out of my career. But it was time. What was yeah. your favorite ballpark to play in? Uh, I loved Tiger Stadium. I loved playing there. The sound and just. Yeah. Yeah. Corey's got on his Tiger yeah. Stadium T-shirt. I, I loved playing. That's just the you felt like you were playing baseball in there. I liked the old stadiums. I liked um, Fenway Park. I had to like Kansas City because that's where I played most of the time. But it was very difficult to play there. It's, it was AstroTurf. It was yeah. just big, hot, hot. It was big outfield, and it just was. That's why we were so good because we could play defensively. Yeah, and you don't get too many bad hops if it does rain. It gets a little tricky out there because the ball really Skid. skips. But I love I love Tiger Stadium. I what, really had fun playing there. What was it like playing at Wrigley? No, I mean you had yeah, to, yeah. I played there in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and I got I came over to San Francisco halfway during. So I 
played a couple times there, sure. but it was it's fun playing there too. That's a great stadium. Is that, is that Ivy Wall a little yeah, scarier than? Well, you don't want to run into it. No, you know? <laughs> that's right. There's brick behind it's, there. It, it is, but you know, Chicago's a great. There's a big difference of playing against the White Sox and right. playing the Cubbies because mm-hmm. the fans are so much more into it. Oh, I tell you what. Mm-hmm. And I, it was fun. I mean, I was glad we beat them. I when I got traded to the Giants. We weren't very good with the Tigers, sure. and it was kind of a breath of fresh air. But mm-hmm. I was at a time where my wife was pregnant, just bought a house. We just came back from a road trip in California, so we were out there for 10 days and then make the long trip back, and we're taking batting practice, and Sparky Anderson comes up to me, puts his arm around me, wonders why. He goes, why, you wonder why you're not playing tonight? And I said, yeah, it kind of crossed my mind. It's like, <laughs> you're not on our team anymore. So oh, <laughs> walked me right to the dugout and then wow. we were done. So wow, well at least he was gentle about it. Yeah, so. <laughs> like, and I love Sparky Anderson, yeah. and yeah. I had a great relationship with That's him. That's awesome. Just, um, he goes, "You'll you'll be happier there than you are here because That's Roger nice. Craig yeah. is a great manager. Mm-hmm. They're in first place. They got a good ball team. You're gonna feel great when you get there." And yeah. he was true. It was exciting. Sure. You know, in Detroit, we were just kind of yeah. getting through the season. Where sure. in San Francisco, they were trying to get to the World Series, which the World we Series. did. Yeah. And then we lost to Oakland, mm-hmm. and that's the year they had the earthquake out there, which... Yeah, I remember that. It's kind of scary, too. Well, I remember seeing it. I wasn't, I wasn't really that old. <laughs> you, were, you were born in... <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was born in 86, so yeah. there's oh. there a few years where it got yeah. a little fuzzy. Right. But Before we get off today, I want to... What are you doing now? I'm doing uh, property and casualty insurance, which is basically auto and home and... Workers' comp business insurance over at the Conrad Insurance Agency, and that's why I'm here actually, because our uh, leader over there, Bill Springer, give him a little shout out. He um, he asked me if I'd come on the show for you, and I I said, tell him to call me. Two, uh, let's see, the phone number seven three four four one six eighty two eighty. That is correct. Seven three four four one six eighty two eighty. The Conrad Insurance Agency. If you want to talk to Pat Sheridan about insurance. Yeah. Uh, but you can talk to him a little about baseball, too. We can probably. talk about anything, as long as you call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so, you know, I uh, still got to make a living after baseball. You weren't uh, weren't getting the kind of contracts they're getting today. No, we weren't. We had uh, we had to find a job. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of guys worked in the offseason as well. They did. I was very fortunate. The guy that signed me in baseball owned the agency. He, he was a scout for the Royals. I went through the organization with them. Then when I was getting out of the game, I started doing some marketing for him at the agency, and then he asked me if I could approach Ernie Harwell, and he was the main spokesperson for Citizens Insurance. And I had asked if he could get me licensed with Citizens Insurance. Three days later, they're at our agency um, going through the protocol to be an agent, and the rest is history for the last basically 29 years I've been selling insurance. That's fantastic. Well. Uh, uh you want to talk about what uh, the news about uh, minor league baseball consolidating a little bit? We're actually going to just push that back to next we're out week. Of, out of time. Um, we're we're down to our last three minutes, and I really want to spend a a good amount of time on this because it is a big developing story with uh, major and minor league baseball. But, but more to be developed next week, so yeah, yeah it's still pretty new. Mm-hmm. But the big thing I want to talk about before we go off the air is one. Who wins the series, in your guys' opinion? I want predictions now because this time next week, oh, yeah. the World Series we may be up. over. Wait, are we, are we betting lunch on this? 
Are we going to bet sure, lunch on this? Sure, let's bet lunch on kind of bet that we, I... Nah, 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 nah. Pat doesn't need to know that. Pat doesn't need to know this. Hold on, but I won the other part of that. Yeah, technically, it is all null and void. I said the Tigers were going to win 78 games this year. You know? Yeah. I said Ronnie Rodriguez won't hit over 200. All right. Here's the deal. You have faith. I want Houston to win. Okay. But I just have a suspicion that... Um, the Nationals are going to do it. Pat, okay, so you're and, going and with how, Washington. How many games? Scherzer and Strasburg. Okay, how many it's games? Two pretty darn good pitchers. Of course, right. they're going against Verlander, Cole, and Grinky. Yep. Right. Um, and you know Sanchez, he was pretty good in the playoffs. I tell you they, what, you might pitch, just pitch him Could. some too. Good. So. Um, I really like Scherzer. I don't, you know, I don't know him as a person. I like. I just love the way you can see the ball move uh-huh. on television. Sure. If you can see it move on television, the ball's moving. Oh yeah. Because he's got a lot of violent action in a good way. I you mean, watch it's Verlander's crazy. curve; it moves quite a bit. So, that too. So you're saying Washington? How many games? Oh, it's probably going to go seven. Okay. Okay, that's really bold. I'm going. Oh man, I'm going Houston in five. I'm I'm going Houston in five. You took my prediction. I'm sorry. Well, that's a good. I'm prediction. also going Houston in five. Well, okay, well, I'll change mine. I'll change mine. Houston in Houston in six. Okay. And yeah. Let's hear from Mr. Sheridan. Yeah, you, Pat. We'll buy you lunch if you if you're right. If I get it right. Yep. Well, I I hope it goes seven games because there's nothing more exciting than a seventh game, game of the World seven. Series. Mm-hmm. It probably will go. Five or six. I'm going to say Houston and six. Okay. I just I really think that the experience that they've had in the postseason play in the in the World Series is going to kind of carry them through. Plus, Altuve is a big time player when it comes on the spotlight. I just think it's yet to be known with Washington. Oh, I know totally. they got yeah. good players and they got great pitching, but I'm going with Houston. Okay. Hey, thanks everybody for joining us today. It was a pleasure having Pat Sheridan on. I'm still starstruck for Corey, <laughs> Ethan, and Pat. And for the guys in the booth, thanks. Let's play two.